It's Monday, August 31st, and you're listening to episode 20 of Roll Up and Die. Tell us a story, Monty! Something with bears and gold! Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it was awesome. That's so good. So how are you guys doing today? All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's Monday, but work today wasn't too bad, and I had a chicken quesadilla for dinner, so <laughs> I can't really complain all that much. It's been cooler here than than it has been for the past week or so, so. Uh, yeah, here yeah. too. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, good, we, uh, I'm good with that. Yeah, we yeah. didn't break 80 today, so I'm happy about yeah. that. And it's going to be in the mid to low 60s tonight, so nice sleeping weather. So. Oh, nice. I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it would be nice if my state wasn't on fire anymore but i understand that i, I have very little control over that but why aren't you out there fighting the fires yourself matt i know i should be grab a bucket we're going out there <laughs> don't you care there's a barn fire we gotta go put it out i just i that reminded me i just finished the episode of the office where dwight because we're rewatching all of the American office where Dwight sets fire to the building t- because he felt like people weren't listening enough during his fire safety course. Oh God. Yeah. I love that episode. Oh, I was like, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> no, I was sorry. I was messing with the settings on my mic. Cause I realized I was, uh, my mic was cranked up. So, uh, no, that's <laughs> such an awesome episode because it just is complete chaos. When when the fire alarm starts going off and they see the smoke and don't they throw a printer out the window or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He throws it's a projector, an overhead oh. projector. <laughs> yeah. And, and see, Dwight like set this fire to teach people you know how to escape fires, but he did it in a way where there's no way out because he covered all the bases. Like yeah. he all the doors are locked. Yeah. yeah. He put a key in a door and he broke the key off so it was, so you couldn't unlock that's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Oh man, I've had, I've had gems like that. <laughs> no we what try this. Do. Nope, it doesn't work. What? <laughs> I rolled a 20, a natural 20. Sorry, it doesn't work. No. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to die. I throw a projector out the window and I scream for help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the ultimate player last resort. Fine, I sit down and I wait. Yeah, I wait That's for right. something else to happen. Yeah, the, exactly. At that point, you play a game of chicken with the, with the GM. You yeah, like, yeah. Fuck this. I, I yeah. do nothing. <laughs> I refuse to solve this problem. <laughs> yeah, exa- you know, I've had a player like that. The, I, the, I turn my hands inward. <laughs> and I lightning bolt myself. <laughs> I cast a fireball at my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had one problem player in my entire GMing, I don't know, tenure or whatever. Just one? Ooh. Just one? One problem player, but Ooh. I promise you, he exhibited every single problem player <laughs> in one person. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's the one person I ever asked to like to leave the table. Like, oh, oh we yeah. just can't have you here because, yeah, it, I think his biggest thing was that he uh, he didn't get along with another player like out of the game. And, oh yeah. And at the time, we only had like two or three people in the home group other than me. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, he would always bring it into the game. And oh, his yeah, character would yeah. always hate the other guy's character, and <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, I I had a very very similar situation with my group a few years ago, where it was like 
two of the players, like, they were friends, but for some reason they just, they, they fought all the time, and they would bring it into the game, and I eventually had to, like, actually talk to people about like i felt like i was like the teacher talking to children but i had to be like okay here's the deal if we continue bringing drama to the table i'm not going to run the game anymore okay i will turn this campaign right around. yeah i will yeah, turn I will this turn campaign turn. around <laughs> we'll go back to playing settlers of Catan every saturday if you guys want <laughs> we'll argue over sheep instead of instead of D. When I was in high school, we had a couple brothers, and they hated each other, and and so they were a lot like that. Where whatever the other one would say, you know, as a character in game, the other one would just oppose it, you know, yep. reflexively. It's like, come on, yeah, you know? it's like it, it wouldn't matter what the what they were saying. It could it could be yeah. completely reasonable. And they'd be like, well, why would you say that? And and you just go, oh god, here we go. You just uh, yeah, kind of exactly. Well, uh, this is bathroom break time, I guess. We have uh, 10, 15 minutes, I think. Uh, <laughs> there was a great moment though when one of them, like uh, one of the one of the big. You know things that you would run into in in, uh, in these games was was rock grub. I don't know if you guys remember the rock grub. Yeah, oh, yeah. But you know he he dug into this pile of, of refuse and and he, and he gets rock grub into his arms and he mm, comes running no. up to the group. Someone cut my arms off. So of course his brother steps forward with a two handed sword. It's like I'll, I'll do, do it. it. <laughs> it's like wait, is this helping you or hurting you? I feel conflicted. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so that was a, <laughs> it was a, you know, it was one of those things around the table where we'd up, where we would all just know when it was coming and be like, oh god, yeah. here it comes. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time in my group we had we had this just horrible discussion because there was a they had killed a bunch of goblins and mm-hmm. of course they were in the goblin den and they're like, oh well, there's like there's like baby goblins and like like female goblins like hanging out like in their huts and stuff and this just 30 minute debate broke out about okay well what are we going to do about these goblins and it was just one of those times when it was just like god this is just not fun i shouldn't have put baby goblins in this cave what was i thinking (laughs) because half the players were like we should kill them because they'll grow up to be goblins and they'll like raid people and kill them and then another player was like well how do you know that creatures are intrinsically evil and then there was like there came a point where they weren't even in character anymore they were literally talking about just because something's alignment is evil doesn't make it evil from birth like nothing is evil by nature and I'm just sitting there just like what have I done (laughs) what chaos have I debate about nature or nurture it's like yeah (laughs) Yeah. Jesus just like guys they're goblins and they're not even real. My kids my kids today were playing and they started fighting and now they they they're basically 5 and 8 and they started fighting about an imaginary character that they created uh-huh. <laughs> about the nature of this character. And it's like <laughs> kids it's an imaginary character. Let it go. Were you never a child, Alex? Were you born thirty years old? I, I, did you I, well, pull? A, did you pull a Jesus and just jump like fifteen years of age? Yes, I was. I was. I was raised by Buddhist monks in Tibet during yeah. my during and that, that an, gap that, in my life. That analogy doesn't even stand because the Jesus analogy. I mean, he was a kid too, so yeah, that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> But but yeah, like it's when you're running around the yard saying, "Oh, I shot you," and you're like, "No, you didn't." It's like, "Yes, no, I did. did." I'm still standing <laughs> here, aren't I? Like, yeah. Oh no. 
That's good. That's, and that's why D and D has rules. <laughs> yeah. And I've told my kids that too. I've told them, look, I'll give you some dice. Yeah. Use these to determine <laughs> that's funny. who wins yeah. or loses. Playing pretend is awesome. Playing pretend with assholes sucks, and that yep. applies to both as a child and as an adult playing D and D. Yes, so. exactly. Well, I, yeah. Well, I think with your siblings, that there's, there's an automatic kind of you know suck factor built in yeah. because you just automatically sort of you know re, uh, go against whatever your sibling says, and right. yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's normal. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um. I can't think of a segue. I, I've been trying all day for a really if, good segue. If you give me 30 seconds, I'll think of one. All right. Okay. All right. Unedited 30 seconds. No, you're going to have to cut this out. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to. I think this is what, what they want to hear. They want to hear the soothing. Just you think, okay? You just I don't, think. I don't just like Simon and Garfunkel, the sound of silence. Hello, Are you serious? Dude, this is the second. Friend. This is the second time I've heard. This is so weird. Matt and I were just talking about the sound yeah, of silence. Yeah, we, we were literally today. just really? talking about that, that song earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys find that that happens often where like you'll like things will come in twos or threes? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes, I, uh, mm-hmm. I I do. I that 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 happens quite a bit and sometimes even people will sell things in packs of two or three. Do you ever get like buy two get one free? You know, it yeah. was weird. One time I was playing D&D and the local <laughs> apothecary was selling bundles of potions two or three of these god that was that was a long road but i walked it i walked it and i'm at the end of it oh that good god that's as good as the segues you're gonna get <laughs> oh really alex you're the master at segues I, i've been burned a lot man um i got you i've given up my segue i turned uh, from that path a long life. time ago <laughs> i don't do that anymore <laughs> I'm a new man. (laughs) (laughs) That man died a long time ago. (laughs) My mom and dad were killed in an alley. Why? It all comes back to Batman. Oh, man. (laughs) Batman. Yeah, that's not going away anytime soon. (laughs) Neither is Batman. Yep. Yay. Shut up, Parker. (laughs) So, yes, what Matt said. Uh, Today, we are talking about... uh, uh, it's around the town. Okay, we're doing an, another around the town because it's a fifth episode. Episode today, twenty. Yeah, just, episode, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean that that's a big deal. That's two decades of episodes. Yeah, roll up and die is almost old enough to drink in the United <laughs> States. If, yeah. if, we, if we did one episode a year, yes, it would be two decades. Hey man. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, before we get into that, welcome to Roll Up and Die, our fashionable listeners. Uh, my name is Barker, and my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And, yeah, uh, episode 20, Around the Town, The Apothecary, uh, which is, I think, a super interesting subject because um, herbs and stuff. So, Matt, <laughs> go ahead. And uh, why do you think herbs and spices are cool? Uh, well, I, I I just think the apothecary is, or the, the the alchemist, the person in charge of making potions and 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 you know different things for the town, is an often overlooked role, and it's not something that players often ask for. Like usually, the players say, you know, I want to go to the blacksmith, or I want to go to the the general store, or I want to go, you know, to the magic shop. 
people don't often say like I want to go to the apothecary or the alchemist or the herbalist or the mm. medicine man or the witch doctor's hut like I I don't think that's something that comes up as often as it should yeah but in most if you think about it in most towns especially small towns that are remote that don't get a lot of supplies from outside of the town having someone like an herbalist or an alchemist some an, an apothecary would be really important would be someone who is sort of respected and and uh, and relied upon uh, you know it'd be kind of the town doctor uh, mm-hmm. so to speak yeah i mean a lot of it is is on the gm too to sort of uh, provide that for the pcs because again they're accustomed to healing at least in a in a fantasy setting being magical so mm-hmm. you're expecting po- you're expecting healing potions you're expecting uh you know healing spells uh, scrolls things like that but uh but with an apothecary or or an alchemist shop you can really sort of expand on that and make it so that um there are more options available and not necessarily high magic options and that's and, and that's what I love about the apothecary because uh as a gm i don't i like magic to be special i think we've talked about this on the uh on the podcast before where <clears throat> magic tends to be more special if it's rarer yeah you know mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want your characters having to, you know, go into hospice for, tw- you know, for eight to 12 weeks while they recover from their previous adventure. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, allowing them to go to a, a an alchemist or an apothecary where they can get salves and tinctures mm-hmm. and these more mundane uh items that they can accelerate their healing with. Maybe they only get a couple of hit points or maybe they get, you know, their regular healing, but it's at double the speed, that sort of thing. So uh, from that perspective, you can really um, expand what you're going to allow your, you know, your your players to have access to, your player characters. Um, And then, of course, also with with, in terms of adventuring, you know, there are all kinds of alchemical items that can be used for, you know, to create fire, to create... Um, you know, there's, there are acids that could be used to burn locks. There are all kinds of things that can be available to characters that may or may not uh, have access to magic. And that's, you know, another thing, too, is that uh, mm-hmm. it allows you to have groups that, you know, you know, one of the things that I think we all kind of groan at is the idea of uh, putting a party together for an you know, for a campaign and saying, oh, well, we need, we need to have a cleric or we need to have a wizard or we need to have a rogue. Right. And the apothecary uh, or the alchemist or the herbalist can make that a lot less necessary. You know, if you can get healing tinctures that, you know, aren't necessarily magical, but can heal you faster, or you can get an acid that can burn through a lock, or you can get, um, uh, you know these other little tinctures or things that can enhance abilities, then you know you can allow your players to play the character they want to rather than oh we need a cleric in the group. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, and also like having having things like uh, acid flasks and yeah. alchemist fire 
kind of replicate the effects of a wizard spell you know where you can yeah, you can exactly. attack multiple enemies at once with these things and and do widespread damage i mean that kind of mm-hmm. takes the place of a of a caster in your party at least at, at lower levels absolutely yeah. especially if you're doing something with like a, a mass combat setting or something like a battlefield alchemist fire is just the coolest thing for like a hand grenade type of thing yeah um, well and, and alchemist fire is one of my favorite things to just mm-hmm. give to an enemy it's like Oh, they're just goblins? No, you guys don't understand. They're goblins that are carrying alchemist fire. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. shit. Okay, yeah, now they're a real threat. Regarding what you said, Alex, about the healing properties of uh, uh, potions and things like that, uh, a huge inspiration for me has been Game of Thrones. Oh, Um, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they're like milk of the poppy. And th- and uh, yeah. there's an entire, at least in the television show, when, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a scene where uh, a character is being worked on by kind of like a mad scientist type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, and again, I'm going to try to make this as vague as possible. But uh, <laughs> it's in this lab, there's just tons of different potions and things that mm-hmm. are all natural, like... You know that um, actually, there's something very similar to Alchemist Fire too. I totally forgot about the right Wild, now. But wildfire. Wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The pyromancers make it. Yeah. It's it's just uh, super inspirational if you're looking for yeah. something that's uh, more low fantasy, uh, right? As right. a setting, because that's that's where uh, alchemy comes in real nicely. It fits. Yeah. Well, in real life, there was a thing called Greek fire, mm-hmm. which uh, mm. which you know uh, I think the formula is still sort of a mystery, but you know, supposedly that you know, if you threw, if you water on it, it would continue, it would burn even more. Yeah. So it was this uh, it was this chemical reaction that um, that they would use on on enemies, and uh, with, in a magical setting, you can you can go even further with that. Um, the other thing to kind of consider is the idea of poisons and such, which yeah. can mm. you know even if you're a, you know a first level rogue. You know, the idea that you can coat your dagger with a poison yeah. and it doesn't even have to be something lethal like, you know, it's going to do, you know, 2d10 extra damage. It can be something that puts someone to sleep or paralyzes someone or, you know, you, you, there's a lot of options with an alchemist or, uh, you know, uh, or an herbalist that you can yeah. kind of tap into. And I feel like uh, from a mechanical standpoint, like herbalism and, and making... Making things like that, foraging for different uh, ingredients that you can use, is something that transcends class. Like you yeah. could be a fighter that that exactly. has a high survival skill that uses you know those skills to forage and find mm-hmm. different things. You know, or you can be, you know, a ranger is, is kind of the obvious choice or a druid. But really, it's it works for pretty much every class depending on you know your character's background and where they come from and if they would have that sort of knowledge. So I like the fact that pretty much anyone could do it with the right set of skills yeah exactly i mean they they you can be in the woods and find a root or uh a flower or uh a nut or something like that 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 that, that uh you know has a certain certain properties that if prepared you know in a certain way can allow you to do things and mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be as strong as a magic potion which are obviously going to be you know you know, more high end, but even if it allows you to put someone to sleep or uh, reduce their constitution by a point or two, you know, those those can make a huge difference. And especially if you're a lower level, you can you can really employ those to 
to great advantage. Yeah, exactly. Barker, the podcast's not over yet. So quit I, dumping stuff over. You here. would be you would be surprised <laughs> if you were here at what made that loud a noise. It was. I'm gonna say it was your watch. On I'm gonna say a pen. Desk. Is no, pen. <laughs> no, it's it's a tiny little handheld voice recorder that was sitting vertically oh, and it landed horizontally it. and it gotcha. scared the shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> "What the hell was that?" Oh, jeez, it's my voice recorder. Everything whenever I whenever it's time for roll up and die, everything in this room just amplifies itself. <laughs> it's like I want in this microphone. Let me in. <laughs> I want to be heard. I'm gonna fall over tonight, guys. I'm gonna fall over right yeah. in the middle of recording. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to do a, a, a small kind of self-shilling tonight. Uh, I, I, uh, I, with, uh, with the help of uh, um, Rob Davis, I produced a, uh, a book on po- potions and poisons mm-hmm. uh, for drive through RPG, uh, Critical Hit Publishing. And one of the things we tried to do with that was to create uh, not just the mechanics for potions and poisons and all these I, I, I we kind of created a whole list of of mundane you know potions that people could could employ just by finding the right flower or finding the right root that sort of thing right um but with each one includes this detailed sort of history about it uh or mm. where it can be found or how it has to be prepared so it's not just a matter of you know you need to find the, the gland of this particular you know, reptile or whatever, but you have to boil it for this many hours and you have to, you know, do this sort of thing with it. So with any of these things, you can kind of work them into your campaign. So, you know, if you want, if you, if you say that these, you know, these PCs have to get past a certain creature, maybe they have to create a certain, um, uh, a certain potion to either, maybe put it to sleep or uh, confuse it or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. And that can be kind of, a, uh, you know, like a sub camp, uh, you know, a sub adventure or, uh, you know, uh, a secondary quest, that sort of thing. Right. Mm. Well, that's, uh, I, I love that supplement, Alex, that your, your potions and poisons oh, thank supplement. You. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that kind of leads to my question, which is there, there aren't really any hard and fast rules in Dungeons and Dragons for foraging and making things that we're talking about. So mm, these sort yeah. of more grounded, less magical concoctions. What are good resources for people, and I'm asking for myself too, to look if they're wanting to implement things like this in their games? Hmm. Like where would I find out about different like the 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 properties of different herbs and and, and things like that? Because the way I handle it now, if a player wants to forage for something, I just kind of come up with it on the fly based on their survival role. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I say, like, oh, yeah, you find some blue fern, and that's good for pain management, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good way to do it, too. But, I mean, you can come up with your own charts if you wanted to come up with, uh, you know, something that you can randomly generate. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of stuff in the real world that is pretty exotic. You know, there mm-hmm. are there are, you know, there are fungi, there are roots, there are flowers. And some plants it depends on how you prepare them. In 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 one case it might be poisonous if you eat it this way, but if you prepare it using, you know, but if you boil it then it's not poisonous. You know, so there's all kinds of things you can do. I mean, e- even even researching the book, what what we did was to sort of look up real 
you know, uh, you know, real poisons, for example. Right. You know, look up, look up things like, uh, uh, trying to think of a good one. Well, like arsenic, you know, classic Mm -hmm. one, you know, Mm -hmm. you you look up arsenic and see what it does. And then you come up with, you know, the mechanics to, to decide what it does. But, um, even if you kind of figure out what the general categories are for poison, you know, like some are neurotoxins, one might be a uh, one that, that breaks down, you know, cells, that sort of thing. And, you know, once you have kind of the categories kind of defined, then that ma- that can make it easier to invent them on the fly. Right. Hmm. I, you know. I- and all you know, Matt, you've come up with some pretty cool things, also. And and mm-hmm. I will. I think we should steer this back to an apothecary type of yeah, discussion yeah. pretty soon. But Matt, I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I could be thinking of someone else, mm-hmm. but uh, a plant. It's like a flower or type of weed or something that grows red, uh, and it grows specifically <clears throat> in places where innocent blood has been spilled. That's yours, right? Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that sounds kind of. I that sounds really familiar, Barker. So that might have been mine, but it also might have been something that uh, I mentioned somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know honestly. Yeah, the the RPG community is pretty incestuous. I mean, we we borrow ideas from each other all the time. So (laughs) it might have been something that I that I mentioned offhandedly in a previous episode or something. I don't know. Maybe I I thought it was for your Iron Lords of Zakesh game or something that, but Um, eh, maybe not. Anyway. what, what I was kind of going into is that, you know, don't overburden yourself and say, all right, today I'm going to yeah. come up with a hundred different freaking ingredients and what no, they do. No, no. Like, yeah. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with running a session and coming up with one cool idea like that and coming mm-hmm. up, well, this, it's, it grows where the blood of the innocent has been spilled and it has healing properties. It kind of works right. ironically. And, and uh, so that's going to be cool. And then just write that down. And then in two sessions, you know, do something different. Insert some new thing and write that down too below it. So over mm-hmm. time, you're going to have just you know an entire page just filled with cool different ingredients. Uh, I mean, just start small and take you know small steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. <clears throat> so how would you guys go about then setting up an apothecary for for your town for this town that you're building in your game? How would you decide what they have in stock? What their focus would be? Where would you start with that? And I, I, I know we always start with coming up with a stupid, cliche, bad example, but uh-huh. the cliche for apothecaries is just to not have them. Like, I rarely see yeah. them in games anymore, so yeah. um, I, I think that <laughs> I can't even think of a bad example of an apo- apothecary because even the worst example still seems cool. Well, so, yeah. I, I suppose the worst one I've seen is just where they you walk in and, and there's just, like healing potions on the wall kind of thing where it's just, you know, uh, like uh, like five cure light wounds and uh, maybe give me, give, me, give, me, give me eight of those uh, cure serious there. Uh, yeah. And, uh, there's I, a I, I, need a pa- I need a pack of those bless potions too. I need right, that right. plus one to attack and damage like uh, nobody's business. There's a self-checkout in the corner where you just beep, yeah. beep, place in bagging area. It is in the bagging area. No, place in bagging Extra area. item in Damn bagging it. area. Remove from bagging area. What the hell, man? It's in, we're in the fourth yeah. age. Are we still dealing with this shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, going into an apothecary where they just have that stuff on hand, you know, especially the big stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they would have... Uh, see, my thought on it is, especially if it's a small town, but even a big city, they're going to have stuff that, that the average person is going to need. 
because that's yeah. their, that's their bulk trade. You know, if someone cuts, you know, gets cuts himself, you know, uh, cutting up vegetables, or you know, someone uh, has a, has an upset stomach, or someone has you know some you know the common cold or whatever it happens to be, that's what they're going to have the bulk of their trade in. You know, common everyday, you know, uh, you know, kind of kind of kitchen cures. You know, where right. where, where they have to have. You know, well, you just drink this for a week, and in your gut will be fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when adventurers come in and they're looking for something a bit more, that's going to be in the back room. That's going to be under the floorboard. That's going to be something that you know, it's like uh, they 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 pull the shades and turn the open sign to close you know, <laughs> to, right. to get to access to get the really good stuff. You know, <laughs> because those are going to be a lot harder to make. Those are going to be the things yeah. that you know. You're going to need to access uh, either exotic ingredients or it takes, you know, four months to brew or whatever happens to be. Mm-hmm. The, the, the exotic stuff should, should be rarer, um, maybe not as rare as, say, you know, a, you know, a regular healing potion, but still kind of on the rare side because that's not, that's not something they're going to use every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it has, it's the thing. same same principle to me as what we were talking about with like the blacksmith, where it's like, yeah. what would the bulk of the blacksmith's work be? It'd be like horseshoes and nails and like farming right. implements. You right. know what I mean? So it's like the same same thing with the apothecaries. Like you think about what does this town need? If it has mm-hmm. a lot of warriors and they're constantly fighting and defending the town, then yeah, the apothecary would probably have some healing stuff. But for the most part, it would be like you're saying, Alex, like those kitchen cures, you know, the like, oh, you know, you got, you're throwing up, drink this, you know, for a few yeah. days, you'll be fine, or, like, that sort of stuff. Put your mate in in, a, in some sort of leather bag and pour this yeah. over it and it'll last an extra <laughs> month. You know? Exactly, exactly. Right, or like, right. uh, 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 you know, things to help with pregnancy and childbirth would be incredibly important to a oh, small oh, town. Oh, sure. Where, yeah. The, yeah, where yeah. the population is really important, you know. And, yeah, and Incre- going along fertility. those same lines things to help make babies you know <laughs> now, now wait a minute is this the healing potion or the fertility potion I need to know <laughs> ah drink both of them just in case <laughs> it'll be like you know when you need it when you, you you see a commercial and everything's in black and white and the guy's he's just farming and it's right. just he's really sad <laughs> And then all of a sudden, everything turns to color, and he's happy, and he gets home to his wife, and she's at the door, and he just and she's just smiling, holding up the empty vial, hoping, <laughs> holding up the empty vial. <laughs> and it's actually a pregnancy Wait. vial, and his face just drops. Right. Which, anyway, yeah. sorry. So I like to go through things like with the five senses and I imagine that the apothecary shop above all else, the apothecary shop, the potion shop, the apothecary, Mm -hmm. that place would smell. It would just be so overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A mixture of the most beautiful sense combining and swimming alongside sewage, like really Mm -hmm. awful stuff. So it would, it would be like, if a if a crate of essential oils spilled, where it's like individually these things smell great together, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's yeah. too much. I think I'm gonna pass out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It would almost be noxious. Well, so maybe yeah, the it, shopkeep would have like something in their nose, or maybe they'd be so used to it. <laughs> but perhaps you walk in and there's like uh, not han- handkerchiefs like right next to the front door where you right. grab one and you can cover your face with it, so you don't have to mm-hmm. deal with it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, in an apothecary shop, I can imagine where you would have some, you know, some potions and vials kind of lining the lower walls of the of the common stuff like we discussed, but also hanging up in the rafters, you'd have these bunches of herbs sort of drying. Yeah. Uh, you might have, you know, a stove burning, so it might be hot in there as they're drying these herbs, you know, because mm-hmm. that's, you know, they have to kind of multitask. Um, I had a really awesome herbalist that uh, that had kind of a uh, he was he sat in the back of of the of this herbalist shop, and he had a hookah, and he was just kind of like oh, sucking awesome. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> are you looking, what are you looking for? Yeah, yeah. I think we got that. Yeah, let me check. You know, he was, he was just you know clearly, you know, you know uh, high, sampling high. his own product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah. He was yeah. Uh, really high. <laughs> Really, really high. <laughs> one of one of my favorite examples of a not really an apothecary, but the the movie Spirited Away is set in this big giant bathhouse for spirits, and uh, there's a uh, uh, the Boiler Man. He's this like spider guy yeah, that lives yeah, yeah. lives under the bathhouse, and he has these awesome shelves of just all the herbs that you could ever imagine. And he has these big, long spider arms so he can grab them. And he makes up these mixtures for the bathwater. And I always wanted to do something like that with D&D, where it's like a bathhouse or something, where they have like all these different like fantastical herbs that they put in the bathwater. And it's like, oh, this bathwater will heal you up, and this yeah. bathwater will, you know, regrow your your arm that got chopped off and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I, I, I love that idea of yeah. like, it's not necessarily like, like pop the cork on a bottle and drink it like right think about what how else you can utilize like uh, alchemical ingredients whether it be yeah. you know smoking ingesting bathing in it whatever yeah there's a process involved and it may take time and and you may have to uh to do things yourself in order to 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 have it work properly yeah. uh, another, another good example was in uh big trouble in little china oh yeah uh, uh was it uh Oh, what's his name now? I forget his name. Uh, uh, was it Ch- uh, Chen? Uh, I forget his name. But anyway, the the, the old man who uh, right uh, who had the who had the uh, the herbalist shop, mm-hmm. and that that that's what I was kind of imagining. You walk in there, just this huge wall of drawers with you know dried herbs in it, and uh, you know he has these uh, these potions that he sort of saves in the back for you know special occasions or you know when when it's really necessary that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's that's kind of how I see it too, and just being a very functional, like using all the space for their trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're saying, having the having the herbs up in the rafters drying and things like that. Awesome. Uh, and for the record, for those at home, that is two drinks you have to take for Spirited Away and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, Actually, man. I've seen I've seen off and on Big Trouble, so that's a drink and a half. <laughs> So beer in a shot. Yeah, beer in a shot. A beer in a shot. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah, less <laughs> liquid, right? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You definitely, you definitely have to see uh, uh, Spirited Away though. Really? And, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Are you are you a Miyazaki fan? Have you seen many Hayao Miyazaki movies? Uh, what's another example of uh, Princess Mononoke? Yes, I've seen that. Uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Nope, never. Uh, did, did did he do did he do the uh, the one with the castle there? Uh, yeah, Castle. Uh, there's Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, oh. What else? Uh, Ponyo, my yep, neighbor Ponyo, Totoro. My, my yes. neighbor Totoro. Yeah, that was one of the ones. Yeah. He did a movie a couple years ago called uh, The Wind Rises, 
that was the mm-hmm. about the, that the, the aerospace engineer that designed the Zero. Oh, neat. Uh, oh, and cool. it was a really, really good movie. So, yeah, oh, definitely cool. check those out. Yeah. Parker. All right, we'll do, man. Thanks. Yeah, his stuff I is think great. they're coming out with like a with a Miyazaki collection with like all the movies on Blu-ray. So, oh, that's I'm definitely cool. going to pick that up. Yeah, it's just like yeah. one from 1979 <clears throat> here. Like this mm-hmm. guy's been at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It it helps too that his stuff has become so popular that they get really good voice actors. Because yeah. one of the problems with a lot of of uh, Asian movies that come over is they get just you know the standard voice actors to sort of mm-hmm. convert it to English and it's terrible mm-hmm. but yeah. they, they actually get quality voice actors to sort of uh, voice it over so yeah well all, uh, Disney distributes all of his movies stateside yeah. so they they like they put a lot of money into the voice, right. voice mm-hmm. work so yeah, yeah. Awesome. alright I'll definitely check them out <clears throat> yeah what were we talking about uh, I think something uh, Apothecary. Apothecaries. Apothecaries. Oh, something uh, I wanted to talk about with uh, apothecaries and just alchemy in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's going to involve some tooting of my own horn, but it's something that I want to bring up <laughs> is and I, I yeah some I'll tooting. Toot, I'll toot your horn. I what? Uh, Jesus. There there <laughs> was a comment dark. about this. I can't remember who left the comment, but I, I wanted to talk about it. Um, the idea of alchemical byproducts. Um, the runoff from making magical potions. And the reason why I bring this up is because I was working on an adventure for a while called sewers under Sandwall That was all about, oh, neat. uh, uh, basically the mages college, uh, dumping their alchemical runoff, their byproduct into the sewers and just being like, <laughs> Oh, it's fine. And then this little town, like at the, at the edge of a bay where all of the sewers empty, this little town all of a sudden starting getting attacked by like shark people and stuff because everything was being affected by this, this alchemical runoff and the adventurers go into the sewers and they find that the goblins of the sewers have been affected. And so there's goblins with perpetual bark skin and there's goblins with bull strength who are like super top heavy with little tiny legs, like big weightlifters. Nice. And cool. there's uh, bats that have like, can breathe fire and, and at, and rats that have lightning and shit like this. So I, I just came up with all this stuff. Like what would it like all the stuff in the sewers yeah. being affected by these, <clears throat> these magical potions. And I always really liked that idea of, like, the after effects of magic. And, like, it's not something you really think about. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, like, that alchemical byproduct. Like, if you're making a magic potion, specifically a magic potion, Mm -hmm. like, you're going to have byproduct from that process. Mm -hmm. And would you think about doing something with that? Yeah. Doing, like, magical pollution, basically. That's a really good idea. Like a uranium-type effect. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, in fact, uh, again, it's... uh, going to be more self-tooting here but the <laughs> uh, rob davis and i worked on another book called uh, unexpected encounters and one, yes. of the ones that he, one of the ones that he came up with involved the collapse of this wizard's tower and uh and all, all his uh, alchemical experiments sort of spilled into the water and it and it uh Without without spoiling the adventure for anyone who might play it, uh, it ca- it's it caused problems. This this kind of just all these miscellaneous chemical you know alchemical things being mixed together and so forth mm-hmm. the potions, <clears throat> and so yeah it, it caused the, it caused a big problem. And so yeah I I think that's an awesome idea. Um, also uh, being old school, they had I don't know if it was in Dragon Magazine, I think it might have been. They had. Uh, 
or it might have been oh, shit. I don't know if it was in the system itself, but they had potion uh, miscibility tables where you would, if you drank more than one potion within a certain yeah. amount of time, there would be <laughs> horrible side effects. God, you know, I love you, that idea. You could even you could even explode, which you know, uh, yeah, old old school was pretty was pretty brutal. <laughs> so yeah, I love that idea. Uh, yeah, so cool. I mean, it makes it, make, it makes sense. You know, if 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 you're going to be drinking, like, uh, all right, I drink this uh, giant strength potion, and next round I drink, you know, six seconds later I drink a, uh, a potion of invisibility. You know, what the hell's that yeah. going to do in your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that that just like that that just slurry of magical right. potion being digested. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like if you if you take too many like ibuprofen and Tylenol, you well, get an yeah, upset stomach. Yeah. Imagine downing a bunch of potions. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get the burps at least. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You're like, man, my heart. Yeah. really acting up. I shouldn't have drank that second bull strength. I got I got cure wounds reflux disease going on right now. <laughs> well, in, in, in one of my jobs <laughs> I, I worked at, uh, we had to learn about um, dispensing medications. And, and one of the things you had to be sort of aware of was not only interactions between different medications, but also medications and, you know, certain foods and certain... Um, you know, over-the-counter medications, that sort of thing. Mm. So you had to sort of be aware of that, and uh, it's it, it's it's pretty complex. So I mean, I can I can only imagine that with a magical aspect added to that, it's got to be even more, uh, <laughs> well, interesting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I really like that idea. That's something that I've thought about implementing, but it's honestly, it's just never been a problem for me. I've never had players just downing yeah. 15 potions in a row you know yeah it, so. it, it was more common i think in in old school dnd but yeah uh, yeah because you were you were spending weeks at a time in a in a dungeon and that was really your only way to <laughs> to you know get resuscitated you know <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> uh well do you guys want to take a question from the listeners yeah, I think we should take a couple. There were a couple that I noticed that got a ton of likes. Yeah. So. Okay, I think, cool. that, I think that would be awesome. Every single time uh, we do another podcast, we get more and more feedback in the comments, more and more comments and likes. So, uh, again, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash rollupanddie, you can go here, and every single Monday or Tuesday we post our topic, and you can post your questions in the comments and like the ones that you like, and we'll take the one with the most <laughs> likes. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the one with the most likes. Uh, and that one right here is Brad G. Look at the big brain on Brad. Okay. <laughs> big, Chug your big beers. Brain. If you had a character in a campaign interested in collecting herbs or herbs for our American friends and other natural. Co- There's an H in it. Okay. There's an H. Okay. <laughs> If you had a character in a campaign interested in collecting herbs and other natural components while traveling, how would you implement that in a way so that it doesn't end up with the player constantly asking for herbs every other minute? Skyrim. Also, I feel that this would also apply to the collection of slain monster parts. Ooh. How would you keep this aspect of collecting fresh and, uh, hmm. and not end up being tedious? Uh, Actually, I I, I have an cool. answer right away for this. <laughs> Do a big. Um, I this is something that I would put on the player. Like, yeah, I'm not going to keep track of the herbs or the herbs. The herbs. Uh, the, the reason why I like it, Barker, is because you don't just say herbs. You say herbs. herbs like you, you give herbs. it a little bit of a give it a little something extra. Sounds herbs. sarcastic. Uh, 
it would be something that I would put on the player to keep track of mm. and and take the initiative on. Yeah. Like, uh, if the player wants to stop and collect herbs, they tell me that, and I say, okay, you do. And yeah. I, I I ask them, what what do you find? You know, and I I put it mm-hmm. on them. Um, same with monster parts. If they kill, uh, you know, a uh, let's say an, an ogre, and he says, you know, I want to I want to take the ogre's ears because I've heard that you can use those for you know, yeah, ogre souffle or something. I say, okay, yeah, that's that's on you. You take the ears. Keep yeah. track of what you have. Um, so I would just, if a player wants to take the initiative and do something cool like that, then trust them with it and let them take the lead on it. Yeah, I mean, if they're good players, then then they're then they're not going to abuse that power. They're going to mm-hmm. take it and. Uh, and, and do really cool things with it and enhance your world. And they're doing you a favor as a GM because now you've got something that you can add to your setting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, uh, my advice is, like I said earlier, you know, start small. Um, yeah. If you're if you're saying, you know, there's if you hand a sheet of paper to the characters or the players, excuse me, and you say, here's a list of thirty <clears throat> ingredients that are in this world, then. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, uh, do I find any of these? Do I find any of these? Do I find any of these? And it's like, yeah. oh, God. So if you just start small and introduce one or two of them, then not not only will it be – if you do that, it will be more fun, I think, for the entire game because those ingredients will seem more special. Because like yeah. Alex said earlier, magic is, is best – when it's it's more special when it's rare and that goes with yeah. anything in a game if you mm-hmm. if if something is super common it's not going to be super special so uh you know the the fewer ingredients that you have discussed with the players the mm-hmm. more special those particular ingredients that you have discussed will be yeah. I, I would add a quick caveat to that in in that it, the more common it is the less powerful it's going to be mm-hmm. so uh you know, if the player wants to find herbs that you know will heal someone overnight, that's going to be extremely rare. Versus, I want something that's going to relieve nausea or relieve yeah. a headache, or uh, even something that that can have a mechanic attached to it. Like um, uh, this tea will um, help uh, relieve you know if someone is stunned or. Right. Um, you know, recovering from X, you know, whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. you know, you you can, you can still put in, you know, useful things in there. It doesn't have to be just, you know, that's, you know, just flavor. You know, there right. can be, a, there can be a mechanic behind it, but the, the more the mechanic affects the, the characters, the more it needs to be, the more, the rarer it needs to be, I think. Yeah. Cool. I think a, a good example of a player sort of taking the initiative on that is uh, on on my channel. I'm running a one-on-one campaign with my wife mm-hmm. called Iron Lords of Zakesh, and she's in this Wait, town you're that has. The, I am married. Yeah, that happened. Holy crap! Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's off the team. You're I'm out. Off the, you're off oh, the podcast. Oh wait, I'm married. You yeah. too. Shit, we're all married. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the final episode of Roll Up and Die. <laughs> 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 this is a rule we didn't know we had. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's uh, she's in this city where there's this thing called the miasma, which is horribly affecting her character. Mm-hmm. And her character had an herbalism kit, and she sort of asked me, "Is there any way I can use my herbalism kit to stave off the yeah. effects of the miasma?" And so I had her, you know, roll uh, a couple checks with her herbalism kit, and decided that she was able to make like basically a, a mask 
that was sort of filled with herbs and stuff that would help filter the miasma and help it not be and that was something that she just sort of came up with on the fly mm-hmm. and it didn't require any effort on my part i didn't say oh yeah your herbalism kit has this plant and it helps yeah. with this it was just like can i use my herbalism kit to do this and i say yes go ahead and try you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's just trusting your players to come up with that stuff yeah i've had players do that too where they're look they they, they say uh well, you know, I, I have this alchemy background, so I'm going to search for an herb that does X. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's great because it shows their thinking and you can sort of give them something. Even if it's not a cure, even if it's not a, a you know, a, a magic effect that just, you know, waves it away. You know, it, it can still give them something. They can, they can feel like they're accomplishing something. Right. But... It, but it, you know, and it can still affect the story. So I think I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, sweet yeah. man. Well, let's take one more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes from uh, Tom V. I like this question. Have you ever had an apothecary who would make experimental potions? Um, example: The apothecary creates a healing potion. It heals you, but and this example it says, but it also turns you into the opposite gender for ten minutes as well. <laughs> so I, I like that idea of like you take a, a potion of healing and then like maybe you're completely covered in hair for an hour or something right. like it's yeah. just an effect. Uh, maybe it'll dock some charisma points or, you know, give you a disadvantage on your charisma checks, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I really like that idea. It's kind of like getting the the item at a cost, you know, the, the plus yeah. two sword yeah. that. Yeah, I like that. I like that because it's like, you know, what is it? A healing potion is what, 40 or 50 gold pieces? It's like a a level one character doesn't have that much money, so they go up to the apothecary and they say, you know, do you have any sort of healing potions? And the apothecary goes, yeah, I'm having a sale on those ones in the bargain bin over there. They're 10 gold each. And they're, oh, what a deal. And they grab them, you know, and the apothecary's just like, okay. And then they go off and drink them and, you know, they they feel better, Mm. but then their hair catches on fire or something. And they're like, oh my God, you know. I like that idea. I really like it. well, yeah, I mean, just like medications today that have side effects. I mean, if they yeah, want to go yeah. for the cheaper stuff that has side effects, then, mm-hmm. well, they can do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Healing potions may cause <laughs> anal, anal leakage. Anal leakage. <laughs> bloody diarrhea. Suicidal thoughts. Actually, I, I, no joke, I was watching TV the other day and there was a medication that said side effects may include bloody diarrhea. And I was like, I think I'll have whatever the thing that's wrong with me is. I think you'll take the obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, I think I'm good. I could really do without bloody diarrhea in my life. I mean, I know it's easy for us to say, but I, I can't imagine an illness where anal leakage would be a great alternative. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, my butt's leaking constantly, but man, the headaches are gone. <laughs> I, I'm getting some medication to stop this anal leakage, but the side effect is headaches. So I have no idea what it's doing. <laughs> oh, man. We're probably going to hate, hate mail for that one. Probably. <laughs> the pharmaceutical industry is going to shut us down. Ah, uh, big pharmaceuticals, man. <laughs> Oh, this is the second episode in a row we're talking about anal leakage. What? What? We talked about uh, with t- Tabletop Terrors. That was two well, episodes ago, oh, yeah, and it also mind. wasn't Remember, in the episode. It was two, two ago. Oh, yeah, it wasn't in the episode because you cut it all not leakage. Anal glands. Okay, all right. I'm gonna s- I wish I could hear that. I, th- yeah, I'm me too. I with feel- the rest of the audience where I didn't know that there well, was I, a discussion about anal yeah. glands. 
I, I, I feel was like say, I, I, I still have a, that record. I have still have that recorded, so maybe we'll release it as sort of a, a special like DVD episode extra. Episode you know? twenty point five, the lost yeah, yeah. anal episode. <laughs> I think Gothnog pulled a dad <laughs> and was like, "Nope, we're not doing this. No, don't talk <laughs> you know, about anuses." <laughs> admittedly, it was it was tempting, but at the same time, we were like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, with our recordings, the, the episode like, was still like eighty minutes long. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just gave me a good excuse, really. <laughs> uh, so I'll cut that part out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so um, let's uh, let's I don't know make an apothecary or make a potion yeah, shop. Let's do it. Um, so I like it. I'm gonna bust out the uh, wait. How many people? The D six, the Watto Fate die. The old D six. Mind tricks don't work on me. Okay, uh, and we're gonna go. That first roll is me. So yes. I am going to. What, what should I describe? The shopkeep, the place, the location. Hey, it's up to you. You do you, Barker. Okay, I think that this should be kind of like a a swamp, a city that's located in a swamp, in a swampy area. So basically, not like something that's totally ridiculous, but maybe there are boardwalks that have been built uh, above <coughs> the the very, very moist ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like the idea that uh, this potion shop is super gross. Like, mm-hmm. it's not sterile or clean. It's just absolutely, like, if there were regulations for Swampville, this place would be shut down in a heartbeat. All right. I nice. like it. All right, so next up, we're going to throw in, that's Alex. Okay, uh, this this, uh, this apothecary in this swamp uh, town is run by uh, by twins. Uh, they are uh, they are both human females, uh, very old. Uh, they look like they're in their mid to early hundreds. And oh, wow! <laughs> no, wait, does they, that mean uh, like one hundred and fifty, one hundred twenty-five, or is that like? It's hard to tell, but they, they, okay. they, their faces look like they've been tanned. Like tanned leather, Ooh. and uh, but they uh, uh, they have this sort of hatchway that goes down into the swamp, and there's a cave sort of beneath the apothecary where they grow mushrooms, which is the staple of their business. They have most of most of their or most of their potions and tinctures and other things are based on are, are fungal based because of the. The moisture; they don't have access to a lot of other things. So there, are, they have literally thousands of different kinds of mushrooms, and there are mushrooms sort of hanging all around this uh, this uh, this apothecary from the ceiling, from the walls, and they uh, and hanging on some of the walls near the front desk are these necklaces Uh-oh. of of mushrooms, and each each little piece of dried mushroom has. Uh, has he, you know, various properties depending on which sort of necklace you buy. So mm-hmm. you can sort of pick off these uh, these bits of mushroom and chew on them to uh, uh, to benefit from these various properties, whether it's healing awesome. or or uh, yeah, whatever. Awesome! I, I think that's it. freaking rad. That's a really that cool is. way to you know throw out the cliche potions mm-hmm. and, and have a, a a mushroom jerky necklace. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Watch out for the ones with the gold caps. Okay, so next is Matt. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I'm sort of inspired by uh, the the idea that 
you know, a couple hundred years ago, doctors were not well liked because if a doctor came to your house, it usually meant that someone was dying and, uh, you know, medical uh, practices weren't what they were. So doctors were kind of seen as like grim reapers, basically, mm. where this <laughs> this apothecary is sort of away from the main village and nobody really likes them and they're not very well respected and everyone is kind of scared of them and thinks that they're witches, oh, essentially, yeah. which maybe they mm. are. Nice. But it's one of those things where Pa's sick. I need to go see the mushroom hut. And the mom's like, no, you don't need to go see the mushroom hut. And he goes, no, I got to, Mom. Pa's real sick. I got to go get mushrooms for his... They say, my grandpa took those mushrooms and he was never the same. And so it's it's just one of those things where like you only go there if you absolutely yeah. have to. And mm-hmm. like the adventurers show up in town and they're like, we heard that there's like magic mushrooms here and everyone's like, <laughs> oh no, you don't want to be messing around with the mushroom mm-hmm. sisters. No, uh-uh. And uh, yeah, I, I just like the idea that they're they're awesome. not, yeah. not well-liked, not respected members of the community. Oh, I was going to say, after you mentioned that, it'd be kind of cool if if uh, all of the potions work, like they can, they can, they can heal wounds, they can uh, re- remove certain conditions and that sort of thing and, and heal... But they also have side effects of hallucinations, you mm. know, which Ooh, they yeah. don't know about. So suddenly the, you know, the the PCs are sort of taking this uh, healing thing and they, they get hit points back, which is nice. But they start seeing things that maybe aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's with them psychologically. I like that. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that just occurred to me was maybe they're twins. Maybe one of the twins is blind and the other one is mute. And so, like, one does all the talking, and one does most of the, like, day-to-day work because the other one's blind. Right. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Cool, guys. Awesome. So that is definitely an idea that you can steal. Yeah. Um, Before we close out, though, Alex, you did a little personal shilling. Yeah. Um, Matt, by the time this episode comes out, Mm -hmm. um, I think we should probably recommend that maybe – people go check out this website that i'm hearing about absolutetabletop.com oh yeah, oh, uh, yeah. i mean I'd... it's kind of weird this website just showed up and it has a countdown clock on it oh, and yeah. it's been counting down and i'm not sure what's going to happen when the timer runs out yeah but yeah you should dun, check dun, it out absolutetabletop.com absolutetabletop.com so yeah check what that could out it be Alex, you shouldn't check it out now because there's nothing on it. <laughs> and you also shouldn't tell anybody about it because there's nothing on it. <laughs> but on Sunday, 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 Sunday. By, su- by Sunday, by the time you hear this. By Sunday, it'll definitely it'll be, be something counting down. Yeah. Yep, yep. Not that we know anything about that. It's a mystery. And Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't tell anybody because I signed a uh, uh, don't talk about this contract. So, no. <laughs> hey, hey, easy with your legal jargon. That's yeah. I don't talk about this contract. Yeah, what is that called? Yeah, I don't. I don't talk about this contract. I like. I, I, I believe that's called a mum's the word no, clause. No, Barker. no, Matt. That's called a sound of silence contract. Simon and Garfield. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Thank you for tuning in tonight. My name is Barker. (laughs) And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And um, I'm not going to drop a bottle. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got an idea, I got an idea. An outro. We're always searching for the right outro. Oh, yeah.
That's gaming uh, related. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Those yeah. weren't dice. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the knuckle bones of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> this show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of the show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.